From Soundography, a crash course in music, one band at a time. I'm Brian Ibbett. And I am on the one, or on the two and the four. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Uh, yeah, we are uh, talking about a ska band, as you can probably tell from that. And this is a special sponsored episode. So let me welcome to the show here, Mr. Steve Ewell. Hello, Steve. Hi, happy to join you all and uh, looking forward to this conversation. Oh, me too. This is great. This is... Uh, I love it when a guest picks something that that I actually want to listen to. We've been pretty lucky with the you got to listen to this albums and the sponsored episodes that people have been really good about picking stuff that uh, that they think we like. And indeed, uh, speaking for myself anyway, really, really like this. Hammond, what about you? Oh, there's no secret. I'm a huge third wave fan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Green so the theater band- and third wave of ska. That's where my heart lies. <laughs> right there in the third. Uh, so Steve, tell us who you've chosen for your sponsored episode. So I've chosen the toasters, um, which is, yeah, uh, really uh, a, a band that's right there in that third wave of ska and uh, continuing to uh, do some uh, great music. They really have. And and I was surprised by the number of albums available uh, by these guys, like how long they've been putting albums out, uh, like about, you know, 10 studio albums, some compilations, a few live albums. They've, they've been doing it, uh, releasing stuff since the mid, uh, eighties been together actually performing since I think the early eighties, which is, which is crazy. But, uh, uh, yeah. F- uh, founder is a comic book guy, like a, um, the manager of a comic book store, Robert Hing- Hingley. Well, I thought you were saying he was the comic book guy from the Simpsons. Like, wow. Right? Best ska band ever. Yeah, it's uh, insane. Uh, no, so tell us, tell us why you picked the toasters. So I picked this actually. I was a, a bit inspired by uh, through your uh, Patreon uh, watch of the uh, "Pick It Up" ska documentary earlier this year, and I'd been intending to do a sponsorship of a, a band at some point uh, with you all uh, to support the podcast, uh, but. You know, when I saw that, I was like, oh, I, I know exactly that I need to cover uh, the toasters. You know, I went to college uh, in the mid-90s, uh, kind of right there at the the peak of uh, third wave ska and was right outside New York. So we, a couple buddies and I used to go into uh, the city on a regular basis. And, um, you know, at the time, the toasters had a, a, a label called the Moon Ska, which covered a lot of. I think they were mostly East Coast ska bands, but um, you know they just brought in all these incredible uh, shows um, to the wetlands and other places uh, in New York. So we used to go in there on a, a pretty regular basis, and uh, it was always a, a great time. And I'll admit I've kind of uh, fallen away from uh, following it as closely, but I thought this was a great chance to, uh, as they say in ska, pick it up. <laughs> yeah, it it really is, and and. Uh, great, a great introduction for us to this band. I can't remember if I've, I've, I've picked up a lot of Scott cover compilations in the years, and I can't remember if, if the toasters were on any of those. They probably were like doing something because I know a lot of their music either has, I don't want to say samples, but you know, they do, they've got a little James Bond snippet here and something else there, which of course, you know, I really dig, but um, I love it. I love hearing when, uh, when, the person who's recommending it to us has seen the band live. So this is, 
This is cool. How many, how big a stage do they jam all these people onto? Because we know ska bands have to have at least nine members. I was going to say, yeah, it was a, a, you know, probably a pretty packed stage. These were never the biggest, uh, you know, this was not going to see them in stadiums or anything like that. Um, So, you know, it was, it was definitely a a tightly packed room, but um, yeah, you could get kind of right up on the the stage and uh, you know, it's about as close as I get to to really dancing when you're uh, skanking up there. So, uh, (laughs) you know, it's, it's a good time. That's cool. So I saw them live when they came through Provo once. They were with Stretch Armstrong, Aquabats, and the Toasters. Oh, wow. What a great show. Jeez. Yeah, I think My Man Friday also played it, too, but I don't remember. But, yeah, I, I've seen them because my friend, uh, one of my best friends was a keyboard player at Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, and they've been, I mean, they really are, um, you know, through their labels and, and through other um, you know, work on the, the ska scene. I mean, they're, they've been working with, uh, you know, folks out of Boston and Philly and, uh, you know, the skunks down in DC and, and other places like, or other bands like that. Uh, really, uh, you could see some incredible, uh, East coast ska. That's cool. Now, are there specific songs or, or things you want us to listen for, like favorites of yours that are like, oh yeah, you know, really listen to, to this album for the full toasters feel or this specific song is a great one to, to kind of highlight. Well, if I had to choose one, I, I think it would have to be eye in the sky by Alan Parsons. With their cover. Uh, now, actually I looked hard. I could not find a, a cover, uh, despite, uh, you know, the amount of covers that they, they do and, and the ska scene tends to do. Hey, it's my bit. But, don't, uh, don't steal my bit. Don't steal my bit. um no uh you know things like uh don't let the bastards grind you down two-tone army um you know a lot of just kind of really fun upbeat uh songs uh so yeah no there there were you know there's quite a few uh that come up uh, on my playlist regularly that's cool uh good yeah i love i love getting kind of the nudge like all right yeah check this one out or listen to this so very very cool um, you know, now I'd say, uh, do you have a favorite, a favorite, uh, toasters experience? I mean, obviously seeing the live shows, uh, are there other connections in your life? Like, did you meet any friends through toasters shows or, or fall in love to a toasters track playing on the your, radio? Your wedding dance, like your first dance at your wedding. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. You, you know, uh, actually, uh, we walked into a boss tone song for the wedding instead of, uh, oh, toasters. Did you really? I should have. <laughs> oh, excellent. That's great. Reason to toast. Uh, but uh, uh, no, I mean, it was just, you know, friends in college. We used to uh, go into the city and uh, catch shows. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they're folks I still uh, talk to uh, all the time. In fact, now that I see that they're back on the road, I may be uh, trying to grab the group and, and see if we can uh, all meet up somewhere and go uh, go see them this year. Oh, nice little, nice little uh, reunion. That'd be great. Excellent. Uh, Hammond, do you have any, any questions for Steve? No, I'm just really glad that, that I got to listen to the catalog first because there is such a collection of amazing covers. I was able to plant my flag on a number of them before Brian got to it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, it's, it's kind of the game. It's the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who can, who can you, but you know, there's so much stuff here that it's, it's not going to be hard for me to find a bunch of things that Hammond didn't steal right out from under my nose. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, Steve, uh, do you, do you have a, uh, 
like a Twitter account or something like that that we can direct people to to um, to talk toasters with you? Um, sure. Yeah, I'm not the the biggest uh, Twitter user, uh, but uh, it's just S E W E L L two on on Twitter, um, and you'll probably see me. Uh, you know, I'm promoting kind of the the charitable foundation I do a lot of work with and uh, other things like that on there. But always happy oh, cool. to talk music as well. Oh well, tell us about the the foundation that you're working with. Always love to hear a plug like this. Sure. Well, no, didn't uh, didn't intend oh, I to. I know you uh, didn't. No, I'm, pull, that, I'm but, roping uh, you into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I uh, the Consumer Technology Association Foundation, which uh, uses technology to help uh, older adults and people with disabilities. So we, uh, you know, work with a lot of different nonprofits around the country uh, using tech to do good. Oh, that's great. That's something that is very close uh, to my wife's heart. That's something that she's she does for a living. So that's awesome. Uh, well, Steve, thank you so much for being here, and I uh, can't wait to listen. We're like like I said, I'm I'm about halfway through the catalog. I think Hammond might be all the way done with the catalog because he's fast. But uh, <laughs> I can't wait to listen to the rest of this. And thank you so much for introducing us to the toasters. Well, it's my pleasure and uh, really love supporting the the podcast. And I can't wait to uh, listen to this episode and uh, hear what you thought. Cool. Well, you rock. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Thanks for Thank your you. support. Greetings from Soundography, a crash course in music, one band at a time. I'm Brian Ibbett. And I have to pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. That's right. Uh, of course, that means we must be talking ska, but you already know that because you heard our intro for this episode sponsored by Steven, a uh, Patreon member. And of course, you can also do the same thing by going to patreon.com slash soundography if you want to make us listen to the entire library of a band. We'll do it just for you. Uh, we're talking ska and we're talking specifically the Toasters, uh, third wave ska band that, um, boy, they're prolific. Did not realize when I'd gotten into this just how many albums these guys have. And they've got a lot. They've yeah. got a lot, a lot of songs on those albums too. Now, I listened to these while I was in the bathtub and I found it kind of shocking. Ah, uh, very good. But you could tell the exact moment that I saw that coming, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's uh, <laughs> let's start talking about these guys. Uh, Robert Bucket Hingley was originally from England, but he moved to New York in the early 1980s. He worked as the manager of Forbidden Planet, a comic book store. And then he formed the Toasters after he saw The Beat perform. The Toasters' first live show was opening up for Bad Brains. Members of the band were mostly pulled from employees of the comic shop. And the Toasters' first single was Beat in 1983. Joe Jackson produced their first EP, Recriminations, back in 1985, but it failed to get a label release, so Hingley formed Moon Ska Records. Uh, Joe Jackson continued to work with the band on albums and live shows. He even appeared on some albums under the name Stanley Turpentine. They later added a horn section 
and released their first full album in 1987. The comic book shop sounds like a really awesome place to go. Forbidden Planet, obviously. Totally. But they're all a bunch yeah. of third wave of ska guys also working in the comic book shop. Best yeah, comic I mean, shop ever. You wouldn't think ska and comic books would go together, but I imagine I'd go in there and I'd, you know, listen to some ska and pick up the latest issue of whatever's on the shelves. I love it. Love that idea. Also, you know, Joe Jackson, holy cow, you know, appearing in the, on the albums must be um, keyboard work because yeah. I did not hear any vocals that uh, this sounded like. Uh, I don't know Joe if Joe Jackson. Jackson could do ska vocals. I think it had to be keyboards. He seems oh, super he late. Do. He's super laid back. It's because you only know him from stepping out, man. You got to listen to <laughs> albums like Big World or <laughs> I'm the Man. I mean, I'm the Man. He, he talks really fast, sings really fast in that in that song. They showed that whole album. Uh, they released their first full album, 1987, called Skaboom. This one featured Talk is Cheap, Pool Shark, and Toast on the Coast. It was released, re-released in 1995 on CD with eight extra tracks. And this album is often marked as the origin of the modern third wave of ska in the United States. They followed that one up with Thrill Me Up in 1988. This one featured Frank and Ska, Rhapsody and Bluebeat, and the title track, Thrill Me Up. You me up. You me up. This one was released in C on CD in 1996, but it didn't see the same success as the first release. Which did. is shocking to me because I feel like these songs were, I don't want to say better, they sounded mm -hmm. stronger. Like there was more time in them. This is a, this is a band that for me, just continued to get better and better and better. And um, they reached a peak for me. It looks like right around the same time they reached a peak for you, but still does not mean that the more recent albums got worse. They just kind of reached a peak and, and plateaued, and, and which is great. Uh, 1990, they released This Gun for Hire. Just reminded, just uh, dawned on me that that's the lyric from uh, Dancing in the Dark for uh, from Bruce Springsteen. Uh, <laughs> featured Roseanne, Worry, and Havana. This gun for hire. He loads This album was released on CD also in 1996, and then they released a compilation called Tea Time. 1992 saw the release of New York Fever. This one featured Too Hip to Be Cool and Night Train. That Too Hip to Be Cool, we'd see a lot of that on later albums yeah. and collections. Yeah. Actually, same with Night Train, which, uh, well, we'll talk about that later as well. In 1994, they released Dub 56. This one was released at a time when ska punk was on the rise in the mainstream. It featured songs Marlboro Man and Mona. 
you know, all the M's were on this album. In 1995, they released a compilation called Ska Killers. And I bet you can guess that Too Hip to Be Cool was on there, along with a lot of their other singles we mentioned. <laughs> in 1996, uh, they released Hard Band for Dead. This one featured Two-Tone Army and Maxwell Smart. So this one I came across both released as Hard Band for Dead, but then there was also a release, a title track, Two-Tone Army, that featured all the same songs. So when I got to this one, I had already listened to Two-Tone Army and thought, oh man, so this is like a greatest hits. But no, then I realized, oh no, it's just the same album repackaged, probably a UK release, an American release or, yeah. or something like that. And, and, as far as, and as far as the listening, all of this was fun. I yeah. I love listening to Third Wave Scott. There's something really fun. Uh, there's something kind of jokey about it, but you can tell they're all serious musicians. Yep. This album clearly is one of my fa- is my favorite of the ones that we we listened to this week. Really was good, and uh, it's between this one and the next one. And this, you know, the next one just happens to be the one that Stephen pointed me to. Uh, 1997's "Don't Let the Bastards Grind You Down." I even have a hat that says that that I got from my grandfather, but it's all Latin. Something, something, corundum or something like that. This one had a much more uh, mature and focused sound to it. The Latin on the album, illegitimus carborundum. Oh, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) It's said to mean one must not be ground down by the bastards. I have that on a hat. So there you go. Uh, This one also featured a cover of Give Me Some Lovin' and Weekend in L.A. They go holidays in 1998 with their album Christmas Ska. I think that's a rule, by the way, if you're a ska band, you have to try and fit the word ska punny, punnily into some of your other albums. Yeah, uh, <laughs> when Stretch Armstrong released Lollygag, I think was the album. I think it was Lollygag. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They released it. They did the concert at the classic ska thing rink. Ah, uh, geez, really? Yeah. Oof, that, that one's... Uh, that one's rough. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like uh, who who also seems to do a lot of uh, puns. Mm, I can't think of. Oh, I know Hammond Chamberlain. <laughs> maybe Hammond maybe. Chamberlain. And to be honest, I was not involved in their uh, promotional marketing at all. However, I probably could have been. Maybe you should have been. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you would have been able to step it up a little bit. Step it up, step it up, step it up. Speaking of that Christmas Ska album, that one contains Christmas in a Jail. Classic. Uh, 
Then they released History Book, 1987 to 1998, an anthology, and then a Best Of album in 2000, simply called The Best Of. In 2002, they released an album called Enemy of the System. This one took five years to release because Ska Moon Records had folded and Third Wave had lost its place on mainstream radio, so that made it really difficult to get this one out. Uh, This one included Ska Finger and Sweet Hometown Jamaica. Wait, is ska finger kind of like Goldfinger except with ska? Yeah, or or uh, or Badfinger. <laughs> right, it's a lot of fingers. Snake finger. There's a band called Snake Finger. A uh, lot of lot of fingers in rock and roll. It turns out in 2003, uh, in retrospect, was released a compilation album, and in 2007 we got one more bullet. This one was released on Stomp Records. It contain, uh, contained Night Train to Moscow and Blues Brothers outro. Can't turn you loose. I think is the the song that that comes from. Oh, I had a I had a boss that would whenever he was there was like not dead air, but whenever it was quiet and there were a lot of us in the room and he got nervous, did not like silence. He would just start going do 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 do, and and basically once you start doing that because the song doesn't stop, he didn't stop until finally somebody talked and it was. It was <laughs> the funniest damn thing. Or I thought maybe it was the guy you were working in his garage. That was his code for it's time to go him. home. Oh. Yeah, no, that was that was the same guy. That was the the uh, Blues Brothers outro guy. So when you write your book, you're gonna have to like a whole volume on your time in that garage. Because it seems to have shaped me, yeah. it seems to have shaped a lot of who you are as a musician and as a person as a musical fan and as a yeah. as a person. Listen, uh, I wouldn't even know who Joan Osborne was if it weren't for working in that garage. <laughs> Joan Osborne, Tori Amos, Blues Traveler, it all came from that. It came from that time period. Oh, you were going to say something about the Blues Brothers outro. Oh, I was going to say as a blue as a as a blues fan, as someone who played blues harmonica through most of college, yeah. we did a ton of Blues Brothers stuff. Did you? I'm so of, I'm in love with a lot that of their stuff. stuff was uh, was was covers anyway. But, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it was like Sam and Dave and. And Jackie uh, Wilson and... Uh, Maybe we should yeah. do them. Oh, I would love to. You mean Blues Brothers yeah. or... Yeah, Blues or Brothers. Yeah, Blues actually. Brothers. Because they were basically... I mean, we were talking jokingly about a made-up, like made-up bands. Oh, it's true. And they yeah. are clearly a made-up band. They are a made-up band. Although, you know, what what defines a made-up band? Can, the fact that they sang, you know, uh, yeah. Belushi and Aykroyd sang. They had a backup band. They released albums. At what point does your your fictional band become a real band. Well, Spinal and, Tap, Spinal Tap has all the same stuff. Yep. And I'd say they're, they're now a real band. Yeah. They've became a real band. Uh, I'm trying to think what's an example that, that was a fake band that never, uh, Ming T I would say is not a real band. The Austin Powers yes. interstitial mm-hmm. yeah. band, yeah. the wonders. Cause yeah. that was mostly made up of like, yeah. um, yeah. 
the uh, wonders fountains of Wayne, and uh, it was like members of fountains of Wayne or something. I yeah. Think. And the people in the band were not actually singing it. So I guess that means that right. uh, Steel Dragon, I guess it's Steel Dragon from Rockstar wouldn't be real either, even though <laughs> all of them were right. musicians, yeah. they weren't performing the songs. They that just were, weren't actually performing. There yeah. you go. That's the, that's the differentiation. If you're miming your performance, whether you're a musician or not, you're not a real band. Well, let's, let's, I'll take that back. Zach Wilde and the drummer and the bass player were actually playing. It was Marky Mark who wasn't singing. Okay. All right. So, ooh, well, what do you do there, though? You'd like, probably do count, you, I'd probably count it as a fake just because the band... Okay. I'd, it's not fully 100%. Yeah. 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 But well, the, best, the best option is that is there's a band called Fozzy that was yeah. started as a joke by Chris Jericho, the wrestler. And now uh-huh. they're like nine albums into a career and they're actually doing awesome music. That guy. Oh, that guy. You know, another another way you can tell a fake band is if they're called Third Eye Blind. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, the backlash we got from Delamitri. Or Delamitri. Oh, geez, boy. It, the, people did not like our take on Delamitri. Nope. Sorry. Sorry. That's our, you know, we give you our opinions, uh, painful as they might be to, to people who uh, love and, and follow the band if we, you know. We tell you, our, we, we don't hold back. I actually think it would have been better if you'd liked him and I'd hated him. At least there would have been some, you know, boy, that Hammond good is well, what he's talking about. I think for the most part, I think we kind of did, right? Because I did, I do like, I do like a lot of their stuff. I love their singles. Mm-hmm. And there are a few tracks on some of their albums, their deeper cuts that I like. But for the most part, it was like, yeah, kind of samey, samey. You know what you're going to get. Yep. Driving, um, driving with the brakes on just like a man. <laughs> exactly. You should have another one. Afraid to ask for directions. Uh, I think I made that joke. I think I made that joke. I think on the on the lost episode you made that joke. Maybe that's it. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, some statistics and general notes for the toasters. All right. So there have been over fifty members of the toasters throughout the throughout the history of the band, which means they probably were changing people like every couple weeks. And that's you know that's really only five lineups. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because you got to have nine people on stage at any given time if you're a ska band. Yeah, it's funny. Everyone talks about how big Slipknot is as a band. But when you look at a ska band, you have three, four horns sometimes, a drummer, maybe a percussionist, a keyboard player, one or two guitar players, depending on your focus, a bass player, and then a singer. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the difference between slip, uh, Slipknot and a macrame wall hanging. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really sophisticated joke, Brian. Thank you. Because Thank you very much. It's very the visual, knots isn't it? that, It's the knots that in it's the knots in macrame that make the joke funny. So yeah, exactly. that is incredibly sophisticated and a huge thoughtful <laughs> joke. Like. People are going to think about that for days after they listen oh, to this. Oh, excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, I hope, uh, hope, I hope everybody else enjoyed it like, <laughs> like you did. Bucket, Mr. Bucket, is the only yep. consistent member. Uh, they sure. did a song for Nickelodeon, a Nickelodeon show called Kablam! Wow, what's, I'm surprised it wasn't called Skublam. <laughs> uh, the Toasters have, uh, over the history, mixed ska with pop rap, R&B, Calypso, and many other styles of music. They always have had a diverse lineup that has crossed over with audiences of all races. They tour with Ska Against Racism in 1998. And there are a few live recordings available on Spotify if you're interested, because, you know, I think being able to pull off good Ska in the studio 
is half the battle. Being able to recreate good ska with the energy in a live setting is actually where you win. Absolutely. Right. You've got to, you've got to be in a, in an audience actually skanking. Yeah. Uh, and if you with your, skanking, with your pickles, with think, your pickles. That's right. Exactly. Then you are, then I ain't good ska if you can't skank. No. And I, and I think there is something very important to the energy of a live show specifically yeah. with that music. I think the same thing kind of goes with metal or thrash where a live audience brings it to life even more. Mm-hmm. But listening to it in your car does not do the same thing for you emotionally as it does when you hear it live. Yep. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And I really recommend if you haven't been to a live ska show, specifically a third wave, go find one and go, especially now the pandemic is winding down some because nothing's more fun than a third wave of ska show. I think so too. Yeah. Or I'll say there are few things as fun as a third wave of ska show. The, the only one I've ever seen but I'll say it's a good one, was Fishbone. And they put on an amazing live show. Yeah. I spent a lot of time watching Sky in the, in the mid to late 90s because I had a friend in Stretch Armstrong and they were playing with everybody. No Doubt, Real Big Fish, uh, The Toasters, Skank and Pickle, everybody. Mephiscopheles came through. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's a good name too, Mephiscopheles. <laughs> Very good. Love it. Totally love it. Uh, all right. Well, let's say you get to go see a live uh, ska show or a live toasters show. Not just ska, but live toasters show. Uh, what song is it that you're guaranteed to hear no matter um, no matter when you see this band? The one with the horns. Right. It'll be the one with the horns and the one where they go, pick it up, pick it up, pick it yeah. up. Uh, so you've we've added some stuff and then I have my choice. So yep. what did you add to the list? I added uh, what I say is, is earlier, talk is, no, not talk is cheap, too hip to be cool. Okay. Because I saw that on so many of their releases that I figure, all right, it's got to be, you know, it's got to be in there. All right. So we have the Don't Let the Bastards Grant You Down, Pirate Radium, Reincarnation, Shocker, and my choice is Two-Tone, two-tone Army. Uh, looking at setlist.fm we named it but it it was uh it wasn't our number one don't let the bastards grind you down yes good old uh infinitus cor- carborundum or something like that isn't that what it is uh <laughs> it sounds like you're making that. making uh south park jokes when you speak in it latin it totally does illegitimous <laughs> carborundum Find that hat. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna tweet a photo of that hat so people can fully enjoy it. We'll retweet it on the Soundography account. Uh, that's the uh, number one, followed by Weekend in LA. Weekend in LA. Uh, Two Tone Army. By the way, that was a tie. Weekend in LA and Don't Let the Bastards Grind You Down both at the top of the list. Two Tone Army and East Side Beat second place tied. I'm running right through the world and pirate radio tied for fifth decision at midnight and social security tied for seventh. And then we get to the singles, thrill me up shocker rounding out the top 10. They wrote uh, shocker. The while, they wrote shocker while they were in the tub. <laughs> oh, geez. I'm not letting you go. It's a song that you, can, it's a song that you only, you only have to play with three fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we went there. Uh, their most constant or, uh, uh, frequent, performance in concert. Oh, look at this. They don't list the covers here, but it looks like Night Train might be, oh no, Midnight Hour, I think is their highest 
uh, most frequent cover that they do in concert. Yeah, been touring, and they even toured in, they did 12 shows this year so far. Wow. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, good for them. So they're probably right around our age, aren't they? Yeah, probably. I would think so, yeah. Oh, all their tours, by the way, have been in the UK. Uh, two in Germany, but nine in the UK so far this year, and one in, in Netherlands. So no U.S. tours yet uh, this year. That's crummy. <laughs> is that is that another toaster reference? Am I am I just reading? No, it's a, it's it? a toast. It's a toast reference. Okay, all right, good. Well done. Okay, let's uh, get to speaking of covers. Let's talk about what cover we would like to hear the band do, and uh, mine really stems from the fact that this is a favorite song of mine that I. I don't think I've ever heard a ska version of Mr. Blue Sky by Electric Light Orchestra. That song feels like it is made to be covered with ska horns and a ska beat. Uh, I don't know why I've never heard a cover of it via ska or in in ska, but uh, Toasters would be able to do it just as well, if not better than anybody else. So uh, toasters, get on Mr. Blue Sky. Okay, was Mr. Blue Sky the song playing at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy 2? That is correct, yes. The one okay. that Groot is dancing to while the rest of the team okay. is uh, getting obliterated. The a ska version of that would have made that scene even funnier and even cuter. <laughs> Maybe. I love I love the original so much that that is... That is one of my favorite scenes in any of the 29 Marvel movies. Like that one put such a smile on my face and still does every time I see it. Because there's, you know, the the Guardians are even able, like while they're uh, getting beaten, are still able to say, Groot, hey, how you doing? And he waves and then he gets you know, snatched <laughs> by one of the tentacles and, and Groot's just bouncing along to Electric Light Orchestra. There's, like I said, there are very few scenes in the uh, Marvel, Marvel Universe the MCU that I love as much as that one. Right so that there. means Groot and um, Olivia Newton-John have very similar style uh, taste in music. I'm thinking about this. Because of Xanadu. Oh, I see what you're saying. Because she likes electric light uh-huh. orchestras as, as well. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Listen, there's no guarantee that that Olivia Newton-John and Jeff Lynne were even in the same building when, <laughs> when Xanadu and all those songs were recorded. Because <laughs> there is a version of uh, of Xanadu that is just Jeff Lynne, and it sounds just like the Olivia Newton-John version with different vocals. Yeah. So it's like they could have easily just, oh, we're well, going to take Jeff Lynne's vocals out and put Olivia Newton-John in. Yeah. I like the uh, the grumpy old man there at the end. Yeah, that's the that's the guy behind the mixing board in that, in that studio. <laughs> with a cigar on one side of his mouth. How do we make some money? We're going to put Olivia Newton-John's voice in here. <laughs> All right. How about you, Hammond? He so, said, knowing the answer. <laughs> so do you, do you want to tell about the revelation you made just this week before I give mine? Oh, I will. Yeah. The, uh, the band AWOL Nation just released a brand new cover album last Friday. Uh, the time that we're recording this, it was last Friday. And that album is called, I'm pulling up the name of it here because I want to make sure I, I pimp it efficiently and correctly. Uh, that album is called My Echo, My Shadow, My Covers, and Me. And on that album, because they were obviously inspired by him and Chamberlain, they do a cover of Alan Parsons' Eye in the Sky. And it's good. It's really good. It's very good. It's really, really good. Yeah. It's uh, it's absolutely uh, soundography worthy, that cover. Yeah. I'm really... Maybe I'm... they're bucking for a, 
maybe they're bucking for some coverage on soundography. Maybe, maybe next season we do them as a thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and you can plug that into your playlist right now. You, <laughs> your set list. But, but it won't be funny anymore because that'll be a new season and we have to It'll come, be a whole new season. We'll have to yeah. come up with a whole new bit for next season. It's your turn. I'm not saying you put it in the cover. I'm saying you put it in your favorite. Oh, my list. One of yeah, their favorite yeah. five oh, songs. I, oh, yeah. hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh, Lock okay. that in right yeah. now. My pick is Eye in the Sky by Alan Parsons. Uh, what? <laughs> we've been doing this now for many weeks. We? I have been doing this for many weeks. <laughs> and <laughs> and every time I do, we both laugh when I say it. However, uh-huh. once we start thinking about it and talking about it, it becomes more and more of a viable conversation of something that can oh, happen. Sure. Yeah. And I think... Of the ones I've done, this might be the stretchiest other than the Dougie Fresh cover. Yeah. Because, yeah. but I also think with enough time and effort, a slow down, like almost like a bouncy ballad could work. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, interesting. Like one of their slower songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't, it doesn't need to be fast. It doesn't need to be one of those actual skanking, you know, kind of fast moving songs. One of the more, uh, mid-tempo bouncy ballads they do. There's room in the world for that. And I think there could be some really cool horn thing things they do. And I think that when they transition from the verse to the chorus, there could be some cool tempo things they could change up. And, and I still think that this could work. It would just take a little bit of effort on their part to do the arrangement. No, I think this one, this is another one. There have been a few this season that I said, you know what, I could actually hear that. I can actually visualize what that would sound like. So no, I'll give you, I'll give you this one. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, the only one that I feel very apologetic for stretching would be the Dougie Fresh, but there was precedent based on the double went down to Georgia. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't wait to see what, what uh, we do next season. <laughs> Before we can even get to another season, we got to get to our uh, set list. This is where we uh, give you five extra songs each from each of us that you can tack on to one of their greatest hits albums or an anthology release or a compilation, whatever, and get a little bit more uh, good stuff from the toasters. And I didn't even look at their greatest hits, so I might have done some crossover. I, I, did, I didn't look either. So if yeah. there is crossover, we apologize ahead of time, but it's all good. So just roll with it. Yeah. Okay, all right, we'll do. Uh, first song is Night Train. This one comes from their album New York Fever. And I will say that uh, this song I'm very familiar with only because it's the song that's playing in the Enchantment Under the Sea dance before Marty McFly takes the stage and does Johnny Be Good. And uh, never even really thought about that song as a as an original. And that then, of course, the version that you hear in Back to the Future is not the original version. Never even thought about uh, uh, about that song until I heard this cover. So I was like, oh, yeah, I like this one. And the Scott take on it's really cool. So how different would the movie have been if Marty had gotten up and done Ska instead of 
<laughs> little message to you, Rudy. Uh, you, you know, you may not like this, but your kids are going to stink to this. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, next up is Midnight Hour, a cover of In the Midnight Hour by Jackie Wilson. This is from the Dub 56 album. And we've now heard covers of this song uh, this season, both by the Toasters and Roxy Music. And I think I like this one even better than the Roxy version. It's really, really good. Uh, from the album Two-Tone Army, which was also called uh, Hard Band for Dead, they include Dave Goes Crazy. And I'm like, oh, well, this is cool. And then I realized, wait a minute, this is a cover of Flight of the Bumblebee. And I love it. Oh, yeah. my God, how much I love that. I had to, so, I fought between this one and the Rhapsody one. Yeah. And I landed yeah, on Rhapsody because I like it better. Good. And, and you know, we get to yours. I'm going to yeah. talk about how I love all those too. And one <laughs> of them, one of them, had I gotten to it first, I would have absolutely made my number one. Uh, give me some love. And of course, Spencer Davis Group original. covered here on their Grind album. It makes me wonder, am I going to do my list selecting nothing but covers? Uh, maybe. We'll see. But this one is crazy. It's really, really good. And finally, yes, the last one's a cover too. Bits and pieces from the One More Bullet album, the most recent release from the Toasters. Uh, they're covering the Dave Clark Five, and it was so good that I had to double check and make sure I knew who did the original because uh, that that cover, the cover that they do, is so so good. So Stretch Armstrong used to do cover, used to do a cover of uh, Charlie Brown, the Fee Fee Five Five Fo Fo yeah, on that yeah. one, and uh -huh. I for years tried to get them to do a cover of Rock and Robin. <laughs> and I think oh, that's a great one. And yeah. I really think that a ska band needs to tackle rock, rock and Robin because there's something fun about that whole tweet, 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 you know, kind of bit in there, right. and the right. horns and the bounciness of the whole thing already. It's oh, just made yeah. for a ska cover. Because you could do instead of whistling the, -de 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 -de, they could yep. do like a trumpet. Uh huh. You know, it'd yep. be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so my picks, cool. and yes. I started this list, as soon as I knew we were covering the toasters, I went through and started listening to the music and nailed down my list months before Brian got to it. And the reason <laughs> being is because I knew who Brian Ibbett is and was, <laughs> and I knew if I didn't get to some of these first, I wouldn't stand a chance of getting the ones I wanted. So 
Sure. Most of my list is a spite pick to keep Brian <laughs> from getting them. However, I do like the songs. You, play, you played defense is yeah, what you did. Yeah. 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 So fine. my That's first fine. one is a cover of the Secret Agent Man uh, song. I love Secret Agent Man as a song anyway. However, this ska version of it is fantastic. Like, I think Blues Traveler did a cover of it for uh, an Ace Ventura film, like two. I believe so. Yep. uh, Which is great. did a cover of it that I don't like. Oh, really? For some reason, yeah. And for some reason, my Apple Music keeps wanting to play that version for me. And, uh, it's, it was really, really early Devo before they fully nailed down their sound. And, um, it's, uh, yeah, I don't like it as much as I like <laughs> other versions of that song. But this one, it totally fits. It fits the the style. It fits the vibe. Yeah, it takes totally that doo kind of spy sound, surfy sound from the original and throws some horns on top, ups the tempo and turns it into a killer song. Yeah. The next one, and this is the one that I thought Brian was going to fly to Salt Lake. This is up. the one that that if you, oh man, this is the one I almost like deleted deleted <laughs> from your list and put into mine because there'd be nothing you could do about it. Because I was worried you're going to fly to Salt Lake, wake me up, and then stab me in the neck <laughs> over this one. I might have, yeah. Now <laughs> and, that you say that, if and, I would have thought about it. <laughs> and this is the theme song to Maxwell Smart. Oh, I'm sorry. To get smart. And they call it Maxwell Smart. Um, Right, right. And this is the the theme song from the TV show. And it's great. It is great. It is one of my favorite TV theme songs of all time. No lyrics, no nothing. And it might just be because the visuals that go along with it are so damn funny. But that that is a great song for a ska band to cover, without doubt. Without a doubt. With no doubt. With no doubt, let's hear no doubt. Cover the song. <laughs> there's a there's another band, the Melbourne Ska Orchestra, and they do a really good cover. It's almost their signature song, I believe. Oh, cool. uh, their cover of uh, of Get Smart. Uh, I'll have to play it for you sometime. There's a group called the Hooligans Brass Band here in Salt Lake, <laughs> yeah. and they do an all horn cover of Sweet Dreams. It's very cool. Really? Yeah. Okay, that yeah. sounds good. All right, my third one is called Rhapsody in Blue Beat it's from the album Kill, uh, Thrill Me. Now, I'm a big fan of Rhapsody in Blue. I've been listening to Rhapsody in Blue in its various forms for years. Uh, it was It's a fantastic piece of music. And because if of people the- people are not familiar with it, they could just go listen to United Airlines yep, ads. From- yep, 1990s, <laughs> yes. Exactly, yes. And it, we've all heard it. It's it, Cartoons have used it for the big city music whenever they go into the big city. Oh, yeah, it's a good, yep, that's a good, 
uh, comparison. Yeah. Yep. For uh, connection. Yeah. That's where I think I first associated it with, with was uh, anytime cartoons went to the big city, they dropped in pieces of uh, Rhapsody in Blue. My fourth one is called The Spooky Graveyard from Grind You Down. just a fun, cool, minor tune, minor keys, blues tune. And when like, there's another band that did the Batman theme song in ska, which was fantastic. And this kind of reminded me of that. And so I, I really enjoyed this one. Oh yeah. Who was that? Yeah. I totally remember the version you're talking about. I wish I could remember who it was. Cause I think I gave I, it to you. You did. And I could easily get into my library and look it up, but I'm not going to while we're doing this. Okay. Show. All right. All right. And then my last one is Scartoon. Uh, and it's the, from the Teuton Army. Super cool tune. Really love the music. Really love the way the arrangements. And uh, I can't tell you how much fun I had just doing this because Ska is kind of a palate cleanser for the rest of the previous parts of the season. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, you know, it's a really good, a really good point. There were some highs and lows in this season. I mean, you know, we enjoyed every show, every episode we did. We may not have always enjoyed the music we listened to, but uh, there have been some great ones this season. Uh, Manic Street Preachers uh, was a highlight for me. Go-Go's, of course. Allison Chains, I really enjoyed. Uh, Scritty Politti, getting, getting, some, getting my love out for Scritty Politti. Uh, so this has been a fun season. Yeah. Uh, and we've got one more. It's another uh, sponsored episode. True. But we don't we do. know we, we just, don't know what it is yet. We don't know who it is yet. Yeah, yeah we're exactly. being held in suspense. So I think I need to oh, figure it, it out. Not be Luke Bryan. I'm not doing it if it's Luke Bryan. I'm quitting the show. I'm out, Hammond. Who let's see, who who would be one of the ones that you would say, no, we're not doing? Who who was the ultimate no? Besides besides Luke Bryan? Uh-huh. Oh, who would be the yeah. ultimate no? Yeah. Uh let's see. It's it's so easy just to like settle into that new country. Because I could listen to the freaking Brady Bunch, those horrible albums. That well, you got one of those albums. I know you, you do. You got it from you. Yes, <laughs> you sent it to me as a gift. And I use the word gift in quotes. Uh, it's like sending somebody an albatross to put around their neck. Uh, let's see. Who, who would be... Man, I don't know. Is there another speed metal band that we haven't done yet that well, we've got lots of things like that. Like I think, I think Slipknot would be very Megadeth. hard for you. I, oh, we've done no, Megadeth. Slipknot would be. We've done Megadeth. Guar, I think, might be difficult for me. Yeah, Guar would be very difficult. Guar would be difficult for me. I think Guar <laughs> is fantastic visually. I just have yeah, a really yes. hard time with them musically. So yeah, so none of those. Let's not give anybody any ideas for like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to plunk down fifty bucks and make them listen to Guar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the same guy in the it's studio. Just, it's the same. It's the, the same cranky old man behind the mixing board. <laughs> I'm going to make that listen to Livy Newton-John. Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> I would actually love that too. Although you think you would. I picked up an entire album because I was like, oh, you know, I really like Please, Mr. Please and 
you know, have you ever never been mellow or whatever it is? And then I picked up that album. I'm like, oh yeah, there's some unlistenable stuff on this album. <laughs> Let's see. The only Olivia Newton-John album I have ever had in my hands is Physical. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was a big sharp shark jumping moment for her. Yeah, yeah. That's the only one I've ever actually held in my hands. But I would say. Uh, I would be really excited if someone made us listen to ABBA. Oh, ABBA would be great. Yeah, we yeah. could make ourselves listen to ABBA. Yeah, yeah. I think we should make, we make ourselves listen to ABBA because they've got, it, it'd be so much fun. I actually have an idea for our list too. Kinda oh, like, really? Yeah, kind of like what we did for Leonard Cohen, where we make our list, but we, oh, list, which is but we say who we want to cover it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. I like that. Yeah, put it on our next season. Okay. Do it. We'll put it alphabetically. We'll do it first. Oh, I love it. They would come first. Uh, all right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Soundography. If you want to get in touch with us, please email us at soundographypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us at The Soundography on Twitter. Uh, of course, everything else you'll find on our website, soundography.com. Check out our playlist. We have a link that we put in the show notes of this and every episode. It points you to Spotify where you can hear all the songs that we include in our set list. You'll also find a link to buy some songs and uh, a link to support us on Patreon if you want to make us listen to a band just like Steven did and we thank him for his support. Uh, visit patreon.com slash soundography. If you have a review for the show, well, here's what you do. If it's good, then you put it everywhere. If it's bad, then just email us or complain about us on Twitter and call us a couple of out-of-touch gits. But uh, <laughs> leave us a review anywhere. You get your podcasts at uh, iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, any of those places. We love seeing what you guys have to say. That is it. Anything to close us out for this episode, Hammond? I just want to say that I love Third Wave Ska. Fair enough. I do as well. So let's uh, let's put it down, put it down, put it down. We're going to close this show. This is Brandon saying Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time right here on Soundography. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com.